No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Well, welcome aboard, everybody. Thank you for joining in on Talking Bass in PDX, the Bass and Warm Water Forum, as we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. I'd like to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to the podcast. This is your forum for bass and warm water fishing. If you enjoy the show, please tell your friends and help us grow. We can be found on iTunes, iHeart, and Spotify, along with other platforms. Or better yet, just put us in the Google and you will find Talking Bass in PDX. Well, one note that I would like to make, and that's as we finish up the month of May here in the Northwest, it has been wet. Uh, I mean extremely wet, uh, raining uh, more than uh, 50% of the time. So it has made the fishing a little bit slow, but uh, there has been some really good catches up in the Columbia River and in some of the ponds. Well, on today's podcast, I will give a tip of the cap to our sponsor, Peeler Custom Fishing Rods. And we'll kick things off here this month with Greg Marshall of Oregon Kayak Bass Fishing with the results for their May event. Hey, Greg, welcome to the podcast and looking forward to this month's update on kayak fishing. Don, thanks for letting me come back and talk about uh, kayak fishing here in the Northwest. I certainly do appreciate it. So we'll just talk about, we'll just go straight into uh, our first tour event for the year, which took place at Lake Wallula. That's up in the Tri-Cities area, up in the Washington, where the, the Snake River and the Yakima River and the um, Walla Walla River come together. And so we were just upriver up from McNary, so we could fish from the I-82 bridges uh, all the way down to the McNary, um, McNary Dam. So there was a lot of water for us to cover, and, and uh, we, had a, all, we all had a great time. So the event itself um, was uh, took place back on uh, May 14th, and we had 101 anglers, so 101 kayak anglers at this one event. It's the largest event that uh, Kayak Fishing Northwest has done to date, you know, and that ranks with, you know, a lot of these national kayak events to have that many anglers. You know, we were right up there, and the payouts we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, you know, those were right up there at, at that high level as well. It was tough, so we had our captain's meeting. Uh, I want to put a shout-out to uh, Three Rivers Tackle. They sponsored all of our, our uh, onshore events, so we had our, our captain's meeting on Friday night before the event, and then the award ceremony, uh, the podiums took place there at Three Rivers Tackle, and uh, they were great hosts. They, we had uh, good parking, and they just opened up, and it was just a, a great uh, event, and, and they, uh, we appreciate them hosting that, sp that space for us. Weather, wow. What can I say about the weather? So, as you know, the uh, November is just now finally coming to an end here in the Pacific Northwest at, at the end of May. But uh, while we were up there, uh, Friday was not so bad. You know, there were a number of us there that pre-fished. Winds were a little high for that pre-fishing. I know I didn't get out because of that, but there were those that tried it. Uh, the day of the event started out pretty good. It was dry, and it wasn't too bad. Winds were calm, but then the deluge came, and the monsoons just poured for about three hours. Uh, it was just, I had to bail my kayak three times with the scupper holes being open. And so it was just, it was just a, a grind for everybody to get through all, all those rain and the chilly temperatures just made for a really uncomfortable day. It was a tough bite, but you know, as with anything, the, those that can will do, and they did. And so we'll kind of talk about the, the winners here real quick. 
And one of the great time, uh, things about this particular event, again, it was the combination of the three chapters of uh, Kayak Fishing Northwest. So it was the Idaho chapter, the Oregon chapter, and the Washington chapter, all, coming, all three groups coming together for one single event for the first time. And the winners, well, you had a winner from each one of the groups. So the top three, one came from Idaho, one came from Oregon, and one came from Washington. It worked out perfectly for us. So for number three, we had coming in uh, from the Washington group is uh, Jordan Duggar. Uh, he had an all smallmouth bag and took third place. Uh, his total length was uh, 89 and a half inches, and uh, Jordan won $400. Uh, coming in in second place was uh, rookie angler, uh, Oregon rookie angler, Brandon Waugh. Now, he had a mixed bag, but he also had largest fish, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. And I really want to say that, you know, we talked about Brandon being a rookie. He's a rookie in terms of being a new kayak fisherman, but he's been you know, uh, bass fishing and bass master tournaments and things for a number of years. And Brandon really knows what he's doing. And he was able to go out and knock that out. Even though he was having some issues with his kayak, it actually had some mechanical issues the day before. And he kind of passed it together to get through the tournament that day. And then he was able to get out and, and knock out a, a good bag. He came in at 91 inches, 91.75 inches. And Brandon took away $950 in second place. Then we had uh, from Idaho, Dan Zimmerscheid. He came in at 93 inches, and his bag was all largemouth, his kicker being a 20-inch largie. Brandon, and I talked earlier about these, these purses that we had, Brandon took place, uh, first place at $2,525, so a really nice payout for first place there. Go back to Brandon Wall for just a second. Brandon, like I said, took big bass uh, at 20.25 uh, inches on a largemouth, so he had a kicker check, $1,207. That was actually... Uh, 907 in cash plus another $100 uh, from Next Adventure, Three Rivers Tackle, and uh, Dry Creek Outfitters. So uh, Brandon uh, took away a total for the weekend of uh, $2,157. So Brandon was a good winner, as was Dan at uh, $2,500. All in all, a great turnout. Everybody was safe. Uh, we didn't have any major mishaps, and everybody had a really good time. It was a good opportunity to meet uh, the anglers from the other states because we all don't get the chance to get out and meet each other uh, and this was a great opportunity for us to get together and, and kind of meet each other as we go through this, the, the series this year and i think a lot of us will see each other again there's a, a big tournament coming up in uh, july uh, native um, is, is putting on a uh, power hour where they're going to give away a thousand dollars for big bass for every each hour of the of the event and that's going to take place up at Paul holes in uh, washington so i think a lot of us will get back together and it was good to create those friendships now so when we get back together we know who we're competing with against there uh as far as uh, the baits were concerned i think it was kind of all over but i think it was finesse that took uh, most of the the, the uh, big bass brandon that's what he was using with ned rigs and some some soft baits i'm pretty sure that's what dan was using too i honestly don't remember exactly what they were doing i know that's what i caught mine on spinner base was good ned rigs were good so it, was, it did kind of cover uh the, the the gamut of what we do here in the pacific northwest and bass so uh, Don, that's kind of it. That was the uh, event, KFNW Tour event number one, Lake Wallula. Uh, we do have, uh, our Oregon has the next event coming up in Applegate, the 9th and 10th of June, so coming up in a couple weeks, uh, down there by the California border, and uh, we'll, we'll get down there and, and, and uh, slay some bass while we're out there. Well, Greg, thank you. That was a great update. Folks, if you want to look up the website for Kayaks Northwest. Greg, you want to give that uh, website out? Uh, yeah, kayakfishingnorthwest.com. You can get all the information of not just KFNW, but you'll see all of the events uh, for both Oregon, Washington, and Idaho there. 
Now, I've mentioned in the past, and I'll, I'll mention it again here since we're talking about it, that we have the live events on a monthly basis, but we also have month-long events. So, for example, in Oregon right now, we're running the River Rat Challenge, and that's running from May 1st to May 31st. So it's, you know, the biggest bag for the month of May. It's all, you have to fish all rivers, so you can't be in any ponds, you can't be in any lakes. It all must have a current to it and uh, be publicly accessed. So I, I know I've got some fish up there, and I'm going back out again uh, tomorrow. Uh, and this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, as we record this, and uh, I need to add some to my bag and see if I can uh, get on the board. And I actually, last year, I had the big fish in the in the River Rat Challenge, which we actually took place, I think, in June of last year. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to get back out and see if I can and, and hit that thing again this year. Well, very good. And just one more time, I'd like you to give a uh, shout-out to all of the sponsors that uh, covered the event that you that you just had. Thank you, Eric, for reminding me to do that. Yeah, so we definitely want to make sure that we include our sponsors. We have Old Town Canoe Kayaks, Next Adventure, uh, Jackson Kayak, NRS Fishing, and again, Three Rivers uh, Tackle uh, helped us out. We had Dry Creek Outfitters. We, there's a number of sponsors that, that uh, we have within our organization that help us out with prizes and prize money. So in, even in addition to prize money, there was just a, uh, gosh, I think it took over an hour to give away all the prizes from the raffles that we had. I know I got some stuff and uh, it's, it's kind of neat to always walk away with some things, and uh, we've, we've done a really good job with our growth and sponsors, you know, getting behind us and helping us uh, grow this organization and help in the, these events. So, yeah. Well, great, Greg. We will talk to you next month. Thanks, Don. And again, thanks, Greg, for the fishing report. If you enjoy these reports or have questions about them, let me know at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. Well, I'd like to thank Greg Marshall. He let me know about Matt Walker. Uh, Matt has some great bass stories, along with the fact that he is becoming a very good tournament fisherman. Matt's coming up right after we turn the page and talk about Peeler Custom Fishing Rods. The most important equipment you have when you are fishing is your rod and reel. If it's time to replace that old rod or upgrade it, let Peeler Fishing Rods build you the best so that you can catch your personal best. Brandon and his team make the process very easy. Start by visiting their website at peelerfishing.com. Check out the custom bass rods, freshwater rods. PFR can even make that custom salmon and steelhead rod that you're looking for. Next, click on the build form so that you can start building that custom rod. From custom grips, custom guides, and even custom thread wrap colors, don't forget PFR can personalize your new rod with custom decals. As you're looking through the rod collection, don't forget to click on Fish Bum Apparel. They have long sleeve and short sleeve tees along with great looking hoodies. As you're looking through their collection, don't forget the artwork is great. Don't wait to start building your custom rod today at peelerfishing.com. Do you have an older rod that needs updating? Email Brandon and his team, and they'll put new life into that old rod with new custom guides and new decals. And, of course, all PFR custom rods come with a lifetime warranty. Best of all, you're buying local, right here in Oregon. For all the talking bass in PDX listeners, use code fish to catch at checkout for a 25% discount on your new custom rod. 
please visit peelerfishing.com and tell them that you heard about Peeler Fishing Rods on Talking Bass in PDX. I know Brandon and his team are looking forward to building you that one-of-a-kind custom fishing rod. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, Matt, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, great. You know, I've uh, I've been following uh, kayak fishing here for a bit. Now, I'm not a kayak fisherman, and uh, as you may know, you know, I got invited down to your um, club opener, and I was unable to make it. And uh, I think most of my listeners know that uh, that I ruptured a tendon in my heel or my ankle, and that I'm on the sidelines right now. But uh, it's still fun to talk bass fishing. So I. I Really appreciate you being on the show today. Well, let's kick things off. When did you get into fishing? At what age do you remember going out and throwing a line in the water? I was about seven years old when I got into some fishing with my dad out there on the McKenzie River fishing for trout. So that that's what kind of got you going on it was a little bit of trout fishing on the McKenzie, huh? Yeah, a, a little bit. It was more of... Just throw the line in a couple times. I I learned how to tie a fisherman's knot, and then it was all about just playing along the bank, running the trails, and and running wild out there. Yeah, well, like most youngsters, you know, uh, fishing takes a little bit of concentration, and I bet running up and down the trails and uh, uh, you know seeing what kind of trouble you could get into was was probably more fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Well, when when did you get interested in bass fishing? Uh, back in 2008, 2017, on my 35th birthday is when I started started fishing. Um, I went to Walmart. I bought a um, an ugly stick. I was living out in central Central California at the time, and um, I didn't have a lot of friends out there. I was just kind of doing repo out there and sticking to myself and my boys. So uh, I picked up a rod, took up fishing, and it took me about three weeks before I caught a fish, and it was a bass. And uh, super excited about it, and I went home and started YouTubing about bass fishing, and and uh, that's kind of just how it started. Yeah, no, that's interesting. You know, I, I've talked to you know quite a few people on the show, and you know, there's such a large variety of how they learned how to fish. You know, I I too grew up in Central California, um, down around the Fresno area, and I just remember going out to the reservoirs and uh, throwing crankbait until I thought I was going to go crazy, and finally, you know, I figured out how to start catching bass, but. Uh, you know that was so many years ago. YouTube didn't exist, so nowadays you literally can look up a uh, a YouTube video and and look at the different colors and look at how to how to throw a, a lure and off you go. So, what type of um, lures did you initially start with? Um, so I there was a while I was out there working. Um, in Tulare, uh, California, there was a, a small bait shop out there, and um, they kind of got me hooked up with some some lures that throw around out there at the time. They hooked me up with a, a hula popper, a little frog one, and uh, I took it out there, and um, I really didn't know what I was doing, and uh, I threw a weight, 
on this puffer on my line, like a little one ounce uh, weight, and I thought I was fishing it right, and I was just kind of just reeling it back between some two uh, blades of grass, and I caught a fish out of there at a avocado lake. Yeah, that's you're just off the bank there at the beginning, right? Yeah, just fishing from the bank with no clue what I was doing out there. I just, I just wanted to see if I could do it, and just did a bunch of YouTubing and just did what I learned from that, and finally hooked up a, a, my first bass, and it was just on from there. <clears throat> well, that's excellent. That is. Uh... That is a really cool story, just basically learning yourself, you know. I mean, I uh, I had a little bit of help along the way. But um, now over the, the past few years, now you've been you've been tournament fishing up here in, in Oregon, correct? Yes, I have. And uh, tell me, how did you start refining your, your fishing and, and learning more and more about how to catch fish up here in the Northwest? In January of 2018, I moved back uh, from Fresno. I was living down in Fresno. Um, I headed back north up to Portland, and on my way back home, I stopped in at uh, Shasta Lake. And I was sitting there, and I was, and I woke up all early to go down to the bank and start some fishing. And uh, I was at the top of the hill, and all I, all I heard was this loud roaring. Yeah. What the heck is going on? And I look out and I see about, I would say about 40 bass boats, just shotgun style, just racing right through the, the reservoir. And it just, it put chills, you know, and, and my, the hair on my arm just started to raise up. And I was like, what is that? And I went down to, uh, to the bait shop down there to the launch and, um, they're like, oh, it's a bass tournament. And I was like, a bass tournament? what is this? And I started asking all my questions and a couple of the anglers there told me to just reach out on Facebook, start looking up uh, bass clubs in the area. And um, that's what I did. As soon as I got back home on uh, January 11th, January 12th, I was on Facebook looking for a, a bass club and I came across uh, 503 Bassing. Oh, excellent. Yeah, 503 Bassers. And in, 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 uh, you know, I understand that they are uh, they may not be meeting as much anymore, but I, but they were very very helpful folks uh, that used to help us uh, with another club that I belong to out at Hag Lake and put together a lot of fish fish structures out there. As a matter of fact, if you want to hear about those fish structures, uh, they're called spider blocks. Go back into my list there and listen to the Discover Hag Lake uh, podcast, and I've got one of the the uh, biologists for ODFW on, and we talk a lot about that. But how long did you fish with with those folks? I fished uh, about three seasons. It was a really great time. I've met some great anglers, some great friends, some lifelong friends, and. Uh, Man, there's just a lot of people that, that I've came across and met that I probably would have never met in my life all through 503 Basses. And um, I still speak to them every day almost. And, yeah, they they taught me pretty much I learned from them um, how to bass fish and uh, from the back of the bass boats as a co-angler. And um, 
it is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of fun when they when they're teaching you from the back back of the boat. Uh, you're you're really learning a lot of lessons uh, of where to uh, catch and different depths and and that type of thing. So that's a that's a really uh, good learning curve, and it'll uh, it'll really help you out. Now, did you ever fish their overnight tournament that they used to have out at Hag Lake? Yeah, yeah, I fished that uh, two times. I, I did it. Didn't do well. Didn't catch much, but it was a lot of fun. You know, I heard about that tournament, and I, it, although I was never a member of that club, I always thought that was the coolest idea. Like, yeah, let's go out overnight and uh, and fish. Uh, it has to be exhausting. But, um, boy, if you ever got into the bass, I would think it would be just so much fun. What was the yeah, best? Yeah, it was a great time. What was the best place that you did uh, fishing with them? The best place that I've done fishing with them would be out there at Boardman in October. I believe it was in 2019. Uh, me and Tom Hochorn fished together as a team, and uh, on the first day, I think we sacked a 14- or 15-pound bag, and then the second day, we uh, caught an 18-pound bag and still came in sixth place in that tournament. I couldn't believe it, but everybody, every team was just catching three- to four-pounders. We were tossing back four-pounders just because they weren't going to help us cooling and fish, it was insane, a really magical moment for the club. Oh, that's really great. I have uh, I have fished out at Boardman, and it is just an astonishing place because there's so much water out there that it just allows those bass to really, really grow. And uh, there are some there are some very uh, nice, very nice looking bass out there. So yeah, I bet that was great fun. Well, as you continued to learn more about bass fishing, honed your skills. What's your favorite bait? What bait is like the go-to bait for you? Uh, my my go-to bait is going to be a, uh, a Senko, the old Senko, the trusty, trusty Senko. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody has something, you know. Um, uh, uh, mine is a grub, you know, when, when things are not... Uh, you know, when it's tough fishing, I revert back to, to a grub, cur- curly tail grub. Um, certainly a Cinco has got to be number two in the bag for me. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm also a creature bait type person too. But uh, so how do you like to rig the Cinco? <clears throat> My favorite is uh, just the weight in the Cinco. Um, yeah, I'm able to skip it in really tight places. Uh be real stealthy with it, bomb long cast on the bank. It, yeah, it's my go-to bait. It, it, I, that's how I search for fish. It's, it's funny. A lot of, not a lot of people would think that's that's one way to look for fish, but um, when the bite's real tough, I mean, I start throwing that thing going and just let it do its work. Yeah, it's just amazing. Everybody uh, has one. I was... Um... I was just uh, fishing, well, uh, a, a few m- months back now, uh, and the the uh, person I was with 
uh, is just uh, really big on tubes, and boy, he can skip those things like crazy. So I would think with a Cinco, you could do the same thing. You know, you, you get it, get back from a, some brush or a tree, and you can really put that thing right where you want to, and, and you can hook it so many different ways too. You know, so it's it's really a, a such a versatile versatile bait. You know. Yes. Yes, definitely is. Um, on the river, my, my other favorite way to fish the Senko is wacky. I'll be throwing wacky wacky style out there on the river, and I throw T-Rays on, on the lakes. That's, like how, that's how I like to find my fish. Yeah. yeah. Now, tell me about uh, rods and reels. What do you like and what do you use? What type of line do you use? I like to fish with Shimano and Jumanus rods. Everything I have is is along the lines of G Lewis and, and Shimano reels. Uh, I love my my uh, IMX Pro rods, and I have them paired up with uh, Stratix, and 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 I usually fish anywhere from 12 to 17 pound fluoro, 20 pound braid. Okay, yeah. So you're like you like to throw into the bushes and things, then, don't you? And drag them out of there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I yep, always, yep. high uh, high risk uh, cast, high reward. That's how I like to think about it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I am uh, a little more not quite that. Hey, let's throw into this tree and see if I can work the the uh, bait back out. But uh, sounds like you'll throw right in there and uh, and start working it back out. So that's that's great. Now, as you progressed along. Uh, you got into tournament fishing in kayaks. How long have you been doing that now? Uh, I'm going on into my third season now. Okay, and I was looking uh, at Tourney X here oh, about an hour or so ago, and I noticed that you've had like seven top ten finishes. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven top tens. Definitely uh, looking for more of those and still looking for that first place finish. Well, I think it's becoming such a competitive field, right? I mean, that's what's making it um, a little more difficult. There's, There seems like every time I look at the um, competitor list for some of these tournaments uh, that the kayak folks are involved with, uh, I mean, we're not talking single-digit numbers. We're talking 20, 30 boats, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. When I first started uh, with OKBF, we were getting anywhere from maybe 12 to 15 anglers. And then the next year, it went up to 30. And then this year has just been been phenomenal. I mean, our first tournament was 102 anglers. It's just insane. The, the last tournament, big tournament like that I fished was down there in California, which had 105 anglers. So it's, it's definitely just just a big jump and, and just growing rapidly. Wow, that is just unbelievable. Now, what type of kayak do you fish out of? I fish out of a Hobie, uh Pro Angler uh, 12. And uh, you're, you're pro staff with uh, with Hobie, is that right? Yes, yes. I'm uh, on the Hobie fishing team. And tell me a little bit about that. 
Um, well, I just got on uh, just this year. It's been ever since I got on uh, with Hobie, I've, I've been catching bigger fish and doing really well. Uh, it's a pretty great program, and um, I'll be out there actually uh, this weekend doing demos with Hobie and uh, getting people on the water. And where do you put on the demos at? Scapoose uh, Bay. Okay. So for folks that, you know, this isn't going to be going out until next week, so they're going to miss that uh, particular uh, event. But if they contact Next Adventure out at Scapoose, they'll find when those demonstrations are being put on, right? Yes, they, uh, uh, we'll be doing more demos throughout the, as the summer goes. And also at any moment, you can come out there and um, rent, rent kayaks, fishing kayaks, wreck kayaks, anything you need. You just give Next Adventure out in Scalpoos Bay a call and uh, they'll get you set up. Well, that's great. Now, I have fished a lot of times out of Scalpoos Bay and Next Adventure uh, has a location there right in the center where where you'd go out to launch either your boat or kayak, whatever you have, and they're super helpful folks. So, uh, you know, anything that you need out there, just stop in there and see them. They even sell a little bit of bait that I've noticed in there uh, at times. So they, they're really there to help you. And as a matter of fact, you, you work for Next Adventure, right? Yeah, I do. I'm... Working out at uh, Next Adventure in Portland at the Paddle Sports Center um, as the pretty much the fishing guy is what, what people like to call me. Well, excellent. Now I've been into the uh, Paddle Center there. There, uh, you want to give them give our folks uh, lo- the location of that that center. Um. Yes, they are at six two four Southeast Seventh Avenue in Portland. Um, pretty much 7th and Alder, and big yellow building with a kayak on the ceiling. You you can't miss it. There you go. Yeah, if you go in there, I tell you, they have a little bit of everything, and they can uh, they can fix you up from kayaks to to uh, Wet weather gear, it seemed like they had everything in there. So I, I definitely recommend folks stop in and and ask for the fishing guy in there, and you'll you'll probably come up with uh, with Matt. Now, uh, you're running a full tournament season this year, right? You're fishing all the tournaments that Kayaks uh, Northwest uh, is fishing? Yes, that's correct. I am fishing all the tournaments. Um, and I just qualified for the West Coast Championship in California again, so I'll be headed back to Clear Lake for the second time. Oh, that's a the, what a great fishery! We'll we'll talk about that here in just a bit. Now you have other sponsors though that are that are kind of helping you out too. You want to kind of give them a little shout out? Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, working with Blue Tungsten, NRS, and Green Raider Pro Bass Team along with Next Adventure. Um, all those guys help me out uh, with my tournament season, especially during later. Yeah, I mean, I think you could, um, 
you can get into kayak fishing on a budget if you're staying kind of local, but uh, it gets pretty expensive, doesn't it? Um, the initial cost of getting into to kayak fishing can be be a lot, but once you once you get your kayak and you get all the gear that you need to be fishing on the water, I mean it 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 really just comes down to gas and getting to to where you're where you're going. Well, that's great. Well, now what I'd like to to ask you about this is always one of my fun questions that I that I always enjoy. What is your favorite fishing story? Doesn't that be a tournament story? Just what's your favorite fishing story that 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 you like to tell? Uh, my favorite fishing story uh, would have to be back um, last year at Lake Billy Chinook. Um, it was it was kind of a pivotal point for me. Um, it was where I I found out that. You know, this this is what I want to do. Uh, tournament kayak bass fishing is what I want to commit to. I was fishing uh, boats and kayaks that season, and it was just becoming a lot. And uh, so when I was out there at Lake Billy Chinook, um, I had a moment, uh, this, just this really incredible moment that, honestly, I, I think it was just a moment for me. You know, nobody else could share it. It, it was incredible. I was... Uh, it was a tough bite that day. I was I was looking for bass and a smallmouth, and every smallmouth I was catching was like eight to ten inches, and just not nothing of size. And I was getting very frustrated, and uh, and I was just kind of mentally getting out of it. And I was sitting there floating along, and I just kept hearing like this little kitten, and I was like, "What the heck?" And I was just looking around, and um, it was a baby bobcat. It was kitten and it was just following me around and it just kept meowing and just sitting there on on the tip of rocks watching me fish and um i just couldn't believe it it, it was insane it's the cutest little thing and it followed me along the bank for about two miles i would say and i was sitting there just talking to it and all of a sudden i started catching a little bit bigger fish that um would qualify me for uh, the West Coast, my fifth trip to the West Coast Championship. But also I caught my biggest fish, uh, which was 14.5, which won me big fish for the tournament. But just being in that moment, talking to this little cat and just started catching fish, I just couldn't believe what was going on. I I just was like, nobody's going to believe what's happening right now. And um, just being in the, the canyon um, and... The scenery it was just really overwhelming, and I just felt like you know uh, I'm not like religious or anything, but I felt like somebody or something higher than me was just really trying to reach out to me and let me know that I was on the right path and doing the right thing. So um, wow, what a what a story! That day I won big fish, and yep, that is great. I. You know, as you're telling the story, you can just feel it. You know, you're uh, you're out there, you're by yourself, and uh, and here's this baby bobcat just following you along. Now, that kind of brought me to a uh, to a question that I had as I was thinking about that and listening to your story. You know, as you were fishing with uh, out of bass boats, you know, and you were with 503 Bassers, uh, you're two people in the boat, you're probably talking that kind of thing. But you know, when you're kayak fishing. 
you know, most likely you're out there by yourself. What do you feel is, is different, better, or, or worse about kayak fishing over fishing out of a powerboat? Um, I don't know if there's anything worse about fishing out of a uh, kayak as opposed to the, to the boat. I, uh, I definitely enjoy my time on the kayak. And when it comes to fishing, I like to stay focused and, and really try to figure out the bite. And um, so I, it's nice to not have that distraction and to be able to make my own decision. That's what I really enjoy about kayak fishing is that, um, especially in tournaments, I mean, the only person that you can blame for any faults or your performance is yourself. So it's a great way to stay motivated. Um, for myself, I like to do well. I like to, I like to try to get that win every time. So it's, it's great to be on a kayak and be able to stay focused and, and, and motivated. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, I wanted to go back a little bit. You mentioned about uh, big fish and one of the things that caught my eye, most people know that I follow social media pretty close, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, that kind of thing. And I noticed that in this month, so this would be May, uh, that you caught a very large uh, bass. I believe it was up on the Columbia or the John Day River. Is that right? Yes, the John Day for the uh, Wild West Bass Trail Kayak Open in in Arlington. Tell us about that fish. Uh, another another day, another grind in the John Day. Um, and I fished the John Day. I believe this would have been my fourth time on that river. Um, every time I'm out there, it's just really small, smallmouth. Like I'm under ten inches most of the time. Um, so I, I wasn't going into that tournament with a lot of confidence. Um, and every time I'm out there, I always tell myself I need to get down to the reeds. I, I, I remember seeing reeds when I was in, uh, the bass boats and just flying by and, and they'd always fly by the reeds and, and the little pockets back there. And I'm like, that's where the largemouth would be. And, and they would be like, oh, there's no largemouth in here. And, um, so I, I made it a point to go fish those, and uh, I got down there. Um, it was about a two-and-a-half-mile pedal down to uh, this campground there, and um, there's, like, these trees in this point, and, uh, and it gets real shallow behind these trees. But I'm, I'm, I would say there's probably about 10 yards of water behind these trees, and I know... Um, from my experiences fishing at Hag, that uh, if you can get all the way to the back, there's going to be something big back there. So I grabbed my Sanko and I started skipping them as far as I could. And uh, I was uh, following, uh, before I went into the coves, I was following a pro um, on his boat and they had a camera guy with him from Wild West. And I let him go through there and get to the other side of the coast, so I went in following behind him, and so when I hooked into the big bass, I started screaming, freaking out, super excited, thinking, you know, they're just going to catch it on camera, and as soon as I got that bass to the to the net, I turned around, and, and they had already taken off, so they were just a few seconds away from catching that whole moment on, on TV, but um, yeah, I was skipping Senkos, I was feeling really good, and I just knew, like, I had this feeling if I just kept doing it and just getting in those tight spots, 
I was going to get something big. And sure enough, I caught a 20.75 largemouth, which I didn't weigh, but on average, at that average um, length, they're anywhere from five and a half to six pounds. Oh yeah, no, that's a uh, that's a very nice fish, and uh, I have fished the John Day, and I know right where you're talking about. And of course, it's harder to get a power boat in there, but certainly a kayak can can get in behind that campground, and I will bet you had a great time. So that was that was wonderful. Now, what is your personal best uh, all time for for bass? Um, well, that right there was uh, my personal best for sure, the 20.75 largemouth. Um, for smallmouth, uh, I was fishing in November during a storm um, with Tom Hartshorn, and I landed a 4.85-pound smallmouth. Um, and, yeah, those are my personal best right there. There you go. And, yeah, and a four-plus-pound smallmouth uh, in the northwest is really, really good. So that's that's a good that's a good uh, fisher. No, in that 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 is a really good fish. Now, one of the things I always like to ask, especially tournament fishermen, is that I've heard the difference between a good fisherman and great fisherman is attitude. And as a tournament angler, I know you've probably encountered times when you're like, oh boy, fish are finicky, they're hard to catch, they're making this difficult. How do you maintain your focus and what do you do to keep your edge? I uh, I just keep my head down and I just keep doing everything I need to do. Um, through, the, through the years of tournament fishing, I've noticed sometimes I can get a little lazy, so um, as in, I know maybe I should start changing colors, start changing baits, um, start fishing from different angles and, and positions. And uh, when I first started fishing, I wasn't focusing on that. And um, within the past two years, I really, really dug deep and, and tried to stay focused. And, and so when I started feeling like, hey, I need to start changing colors, um, that's when I started finding the result. Um, it's just simple from changing from a natural color to a black and blue. Um, changing from a spinner bait with a trailer on it to a spinner bait with no trailer. Um, so just just trying constantly trying different things and and uh, and not being afraid to cast in behind different places in the places that you know you're going to get stuck. But if you just pitch in there, you never know. You can catch a big one like I did uh, last weekend. So that's how, that's how I stay motivated. Well, that's great. That's great information. Well, as we start to uh, wrap things up here, and we've, we've spent a good amount of time here talking about fishing, I hope that people have enjoyed this. Tell me uh, one of your favorite places uh, to go fishing. One of my favorite places to go fishing is on the Columbia River. It's a great fishery. You can go as, anywhere from Cascade Locks all the way up to Tri-Cities, and you can find bass. Um, out of the Columbia River, it, I would have to say Cascade Locks is my favorite um, I've had magical moments there, so I just keep going back, and it's just beautiful. I mean, being in the gorge, 
being, especially being in a kayak, being so small in such a powerful place, it's 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 great. Well, this has been great, and Matt, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I enjoy talking bass fishing with everybody, and and I wish you luck this year. I hope that you uh, that you finally get to put up one of those first place wins because uh, sounds like you're working really hard at it. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, John. And again, I'd like to thank Matt. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Anchor FM and Peeler Custom Fishing Rods. Well, this is going to wrap up this episode of Talking Bass in PDX. For show ideas or feedback, email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX, and I'll see you on the backcast.